Yeah. Or it takes to like literally make a yeah, like, literally make um <laughs> like we're building houses here. <laughs> like because I'm but a contractor you pretty now. Much are. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that what we're talking about yes, today? I'm walking. I'm basically, yeah, going to walk people through electrical and duct work. <laughs> Welcome back to the Modern Lady Podcast. You're listening to episode 40. Hi, I'm Michelle. And I'm Lindsay. And today we're looking at homemaking from a brand new perspective. Now, we are self-proclaimed homebodies, and we talk a lot about homemaking here on the podcast, but homemaking is so much more than just housekeeping and hygge, although we are self-proclaimed lovers of those things too. So how does making a home challenge one to use creativity, forethought, researching, and critical thinking skills? We will be discussing all of this and more in today's episode. But first, Michelle and I love bringing the Modern Lady podcast to you every week. And if you are enjoying our efforts, the best way that you can show your support is by subscribing to our podcast and writing us a review. It means so much to us if you share this episode with your friends. This week's shout out goes to Mrs. Riviere, who gave us a shout out and rating on iTunes and says, quote, I always felt I stood out sometimes, not in a great way, because I value the traditional roles of women along with modern ideas. I value classic style, proper etiquette, and good manners. And this podcast celebrates all of this with special touches of our Catholic faith. I really enjoy listening to it every week and finally found a place that I fit in. End quote. And thank you so much for your comments and for leaving us a review. And if you would like to leave us a comment, you can do so on our website, www.themodernlady1950.wordpress.com, or you can leave us a comment on Facebook or Instagram where you can find us at The Modern Lady Podcast. But before we get into today's chat, Lindsay has our Modern Lady Tip of the Week. So this tip is about how to deal with complaints. If you have a valid complaint about something, if work wasn't done well at your house, perhaps during a renovation, (laughs) a little foreshadowing on today's episode, um, how we can deal with that, you know, properly and with grace and with the proper etiquette. So this information comes from a website, which is www.myresolver.ca. And I pulled a few of the points from there, and I think these are really, really good. And the first one just says, you know, to remember to keep a written record. I think we all kind of know this, but this pointed out that we should really do that right from the very beginning. Most of us are really hopeful that a situation will be resolved quickly, and, and hopefully it will be. So we might not take notes right from the beginning of a complaint, but just start then, and especially writing down who you spoke with, on which dates, and what times. The second point would be to to know what you want going into your complaint. Do you want a refund, an apology, a discount? Remember to be fair and reasonable with what you want from the company or whoever it is that you are lodging a complaint with. The next point would be to be clear and concise. This is a hard one for me, and um, but there's no need to be excessive in your detail and to go on and on. Also, always have a sense of humor. Remember that you're human, they're human, and everybody just wants to try to resolve the situation as best as possible. Those are really great tips. I think going along with the second tip there about knowing 
what exactly you're asking for Mm -hmm. in compensation, right? Because sometimes I just stop at, I just want you to admit that I'm right. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I want from you, right? (laughs) And then, yeah, of course, putting yourself into their shoes then, Mm -hmm. um, just hearing negative feedback is is not good enough sometimes you're like okay well then how do you want me to rectify this what do you want me to do then otherwise it's just complaining and it's not productive and i they said that it's easier to retain a customer than to create a new customer for businesses they have to spend more money Mm -hmm. bringing new customers in so most businesses are really involved in wanting to rectify a situation and sometimes they don't know what you're looking for either like you're saying so if you have Mm -hmm. an like an objective in mind of what would make you satisfied and happy, go ahead and ask for it. And yes, just do so maybe in a very clear and concise way with a little bit of humor. So we are kicking off a new season of the Modern Lady podcast, discussing something near and dear to our hearts, homemaking. Surprise, surprise, right? (laughs) But we both have had really interesting experiences with literally making up homes this summer, and we really wanted to kick the season off chatting about some of these new-to-us insights. Right, Lindsay? That's right, Michelle. So many people know that I am still in the middle of quite a large renovation, and wow, little did I know entering into this how many layers it uncovers Mm -hmm. not only in the physical structure of your house, but within myself, within my relationship with Jason and with, you know, our kids, changing your house, right? The physical building of your house to make it a better home for your family and whatever way you're doing that is, is so much more than just the physicality of it, than, than just changing the architecture. And so we have learned a lot in this process. Mm-hmm. And it's exhausting too, mm-hmm. right? So like all those individual aspects you're talking about are exhausting on their own. Yeah. And you've been taking them all on concurrently <laughs> at yeah. the same well, time. And that's actually the first good point, because I think that everybody who's done a big renovation, we all laugh about this. This is like secret code words where everybody says the same <laughs> sentence. And it's, while we're at it, because yeah. while we're at it, if you're oh, yes. tearing apart one room, let's tear apart all the rooms. Yes. And so like you're saying, it's um, it, these things lead into one another and you aren't prepared for it. And I just have, oh my goodness, like my thoughts are jumbled because you know what, Michelle, my house is still jumbled as you know. So I'm still kind of living mm-hmm. in a state of physical chaos, which as we're talking about really leads to mental chaos, especially for me as a person who loves order. But this right. idea of not understanding fully what we were undertaking at the beginning um, has, <laughs> oh man, I've had to grow in humility. And so, yeah, we thought we would just be doing um, our deck and a shed in our kitchen and it's turned into basically a whole house renovation. And oh I have learned and watched how much is involved from every tradesperson that has entered my home and everything. And uh, it's just was much, much larger than we ever expected. And you're right. That's exhausting. And I think too, like, especially considering your personality, you're Mm -hmm. such an intentional person. Mm -hmm. So besides doing so many projects, and you're right, it is very much like a, if you give a mouse a cookie Mm -hmm. type of scenario, right? So it goes into one another. Well, that just adds a whole new 
level to you for something to lay out yeah. and design yep. and design well, right? Because you don't want to be doing this right. every five years. right? So f- for you, the layout and the designing of it really factors in heavily. It really does. And so it's, I think our tendency is to jump right to the decor part, right? The fun part, going to right. HomeSense and doing the end part. Yep. Guilty. We, <laughs> right? Guilty. We that's forget <laughs> about that. That's a, like, we're not even at that point. And we de- started demolition three months ago. Um, and so that the design part, this is what you were just saying, right? You, this is so important to really sit down with your husband and with whoever's doing the work to really make this design work for your life, for your family and for the long haul. And so mm-hmm. we are in a small house. It's about 1600 square feet and there are six of us in it. And so we plan on staying here forever. This is um, our forever home. And so we had to design this home to work for when my kids are teenagers and, and just how it will work for us as our, as we continue to grow. And that is a lot to think about when you're just trying to yes. <laughs> plan a little kitchen. <laughs> yeah. To have that kind of length of foresight mm-hmm. kind of puts a little bit of pressure on you, right? Really um, because you can't you can't totally 100% predict. You can only just um, guess what your family is going to need. And I I think that as the women in the homes, we often have um, a really good idea Mm -hmm. of everyone in our family and what they're going to need and uh, need in the next years to come. Um, But it's trying to also decipher if you're following Instagram or HGTV to decipher those trends from that function of what is going to suit your family. Like when we were looking for our house, one of the things that sold us was that it was so um, blocked. I'm going to say blocked off, but essentially what I mean is that it's not open concept. Right. Yeah. (laughs) That was a selling point for me because at the time I had a lot of little babies and I could see potentials for baby gates everywhere. And that would make my life easier. And then going into the future, I could see like, you know what, and we are the type of family who enjoys cozy, nookish Mm. sorts of spaces. And so I saw potential after they grew out of the baby phase to kind of create little pockets of coziness around the house. So for me, the trend is open concept, but I was really okay with not looking for open concept. And so what you just said is something that I kept thinking about that I wasn't prepared for this rush of emotion because like you were just saying you're picturing your life at the moment you're in you have to really step back and go okay what is the reality of our life not what I want like you're saying on Instagram what's trendy and cute like you have to really be honest about what your life is like at that moment but you also have to put yourself in the future and with that I found that to be incredibly emotional and I had no idea so when we were picturing this big island going in our kitchen right so we made the decision to get rid of a dining and an eat-in kitchen blow out a wall and do a huge island that island to me, as we were designing it, I was already picturing me, you know, pacing the kitchen, looking at the clock. When is my, one of my future teenagers going to be coming home? Who were they out with? And I'm leaning on the island with mm-hmm. a cup of hot tea waiting for them and them coming home, sitting on the other side of the island and us talking. And I, as silly as that sounds, and maybe nobody else says that, but I was really, really wrapped up with the idea of the future of our family living in that space. Mm-hmm. And it, re- it was a huge eye opener of how fleeting our time is 
And when we removed some of the walls, we tucked away notes. Um, I put pictures of this on Instagram, right? So we wrote notes right. um, to whoever moves into our house in the future behind the drywall. And that also hit me like a ton of bricks about how our time here is just fleeting. Like just putting those notes there and thinking about another family taking over our house in the future. So there's all of these layers about really looking at your house, like you were saying, and thinking, how does it work for us at the stage we're in now? And how does it look when, when we're all growing a bit older and what that really entails, even as your husband and you get older and might have mobility issues and, you know, all of these things just reminds me of how mm -hmm. fleeting our lives are. Oh my gosh. That was like a Shrek onion moment. <laughs> all the layers, yeah. all the layers. <laughs> and that's what I wasn't prepared for. And so here yeah. we are like literally taking down, like doing demo on the house. And it's like this demo happening inside of me. And I'm like, I'm a mess. Like, oh my I goodness. just realized so it was. And, and I found that to be yes. <laughs> massively um, impactful for me. And, and, and actually so much so that Jason and I really sat down and talked about what the future of our family is going to look like and how we're going to live in this new space once it's done. And, uh, and some mm -hmm. changes that we feel like we need to make in our family now. Wow. It is amazing how you think something's going to be so simple yeah. and then it kind of blows blows up in a big way you weren't expecting. Yeah, yeah. You know what, we were kind of talking about this um, before when we were planning the episode about this idea of looking into the future mm -hmm. and um, the investments mm -hmm. that you made versus the things that you decided to, like you, you said throwaway culture, yeah, yeah. right? This idea of investment versus throwaway culture. Um, what pieces, I'm, I'm curious, I'm just asking, what pieces did you decide to invest in? Well, <laughs> yeah, it's so hard, right? When you're looking at the budget and where to spend the money. I love design. I've always loved design. And so I have these great ideas in my head and you and I were talking about how it would be like, if I was designing for somebody else, all of the great trendy yes. things I would make them spend the money on in their houses. <laughs> But when it came to my own house, yeah. right? And Jason kept saying under his breath, politely though, this is never happening again. <laughs> so you better love what you're putting in right now forever. And so I'm like, yes. okay, wow. Because one half of my design brain wants to do like all of these gorgeous trendy things like we were saying that you see on Instagram or in the design magazines. But the other half of my mm -hmm. brain was like, you got to be practical. This is a lot of money. And so, um, you know, the designs we ended up, like the the big pieces and you hear this advice everywhere but like the big pieces the expensive pieces you have to keep neutral you, no matter how much unless it's mm -hmm. really easily paintable but like things like countertops and the actual cupboards and stuff you want to keep them as classic as possible um to really make those pieces stand um stand the test of time and i really think and and, and for instance here's an example of that so when we were doing our flooring you know, gray mm -hmm. has been a dominant color for the last 10 years. Most of our house is gray and white. Gray is going to go out. It's starting to go out now anyways. And it always shifts back into the taupes and natural colors and browns. And then it goes back to gray. It goes back and forth. And so mm -hmm. the flooring we picked to replace our old, very dark flooring that used to be in style is um, a brownish gray floor. So you can go either way in the future. And the same, that's the same. Those colors are both reflected in the backsplash that we did with the natural marble. It can go brown or gray. And so as we were doing that, we have this chance right now to make spend a little bit more, but put pieces in that are going to last 20 or 30 years. Yeah. I like that because you can, um, add trends to a space. It's, it's like that example of, 
uh, painting and setting up, designing your living room neutral and switching out your pillows every season, right? To go with the colors, what's in style, what's not. You do a good job with the with the decor Mm. items that you add after all this is done right those things are generally very trendy in your house and it elevates the whole space it brings the whole room in without having to paint every two years yeah and speaking of paint right uh, you and i were talking about paint and we're repainting everything right now but because we chose the paint color we absolutely loved seven years ago we're actually repainting with that color and i think that that's another point if you pick what you love you, not what Instagram's telling you you have to love or the design magazines, but what you and your husband love, um, I can almost promise you that you will still love it in the long term. And so a lot of the design decisions that Jason and I made when we first bought this house seven years ago, um, we're not changing those big things like wallpaper walls and um, Mm. some big furniture pieces because we bought the pieces we loved then and we still love them now. And so really go with your own gut and you don't have to be swayed to do, you know, the green kitchen that everybody's doing on Instagram right now. Right. Yeah, because you're right. Like now it's green Mm -hmm. cupboards. Um, And just a few years ago, I was so tempted to paint all my cupboards white. Yep. Yep. And yeah. And now I can see how that might have been disastrous for me. (laughs) Unless you love painting (laughs) cupboards. Oh my goodness. And I don't because I never painted those cupboards white. Exactly. (laughs) I never got around to it. So obviously I love it so much. And like wood is back in. (laughs) Wood is huge right now. And wood was like, you wouldn't, couldn't touch wood with a 10 foot pole for the last decade. And so, yeah, it's just, again, picking what you really love. And I I like to call it the new classics. And so um, versus Mm -hmm. being trendy right there are just pieces that are updated and clean and modern but that look classic and then yeah throw in the fun things lots of hanging plants those are super in style right now so throw in some hanging plants (laughs) and a few big baskets those are in style um but yeah it's it's just really being able to step back but um and and decide what works again in your family that you love and what you want to invest in and what you're okay with spending a little less on Yeah. And this brings us actually to the next um, topic that we were discussing, something that we both actually kind of like working with is small houses, Mm -hmm. small spaces, right? So we were talking about that. It actually has a lot of benefits. And, you know, I I say to Phil all the time, if we were ever, if we ever had to move, um, I would be very tempted to consider downsizing. Yeah. Yeah even with even with all of our kids and that they're all going to be growing older soon i don't know there's just something uh so even so we um were camping this summer a lot mm-hmm. in our rv mm-hmm. and so homemaking on the road has been an interesting experience as well because all of those travel trailers are very cookie right. cutter right so how do you make it your space. And I really didn't put a lot of pressure on myself to do anything to change the interior. I really just wanted to get used to the idea of living well, in Well, and because it's stunning. To begin I don't with. know if everybody saw your Insta stories, okay, but it's also yeah, nicer than most people's houses. <laughs> <laughs> nicer than my own house. Yes. <laughs> and to go along with that comparison too, I was laughing. I was making lunch in the trailer one day. I was just making sandwiches. And I thought to myself, you know, this kitchen in the RV is actually not much bigger than my kitchen yeah. at home. <laughs> I think that's why I felt so comfortable in it all summer yeah. was I can literally at home and in the trailer, I can pivot 
and do most of the stuff I need to do in my kitchen. Excellent. So I can like take, yeah, take the plates out of the dishwasher and then just spin on my right foot and then be at the cupboard they need to okay, go so in. So don't underestimate I, how amazing yeah. that is because my kitchen is double the size it was, right? And the amount of walking right. I'm doing all of a sudden, I actually, yeah, I dare I say, I can't say this to Jason, but I'm like, I miss my smaller kitchen. <laughs> But you can say it to the internet. That's correct. He doesn't listen. <laughs> Just don't yeah, say it to Jason. Nobody tell him. <laughs> yeah, I love oh, small houses. Good. And, you know, and we're not saying this for people to be like, oh, well, I, I feel like they have to justify their larger house. Um, I, Again, it comes down to what no, works for yeah, your family. No. But like we made the decision to stay in this house. And I have always said that until we've used every inch, I can't say that this house is too small. And we haven't used even half of this house and, and a, a, a renovation, just like an RV experience really pushes you sometimes into very small corners of the house. Um, you have to live in tight spaces, yes. right? And mm-hmm. everybody comes out of that just fine and you make do and kids think it's great. Like the worse our house became, they the do. more the kids loved how crazy it was in here. <laughs> and, and I mean, again, your RV is stunning, but like that small space, you know, it doesn't impact the kids at all in a negative way. No. And in fact, sometimes I think that, well, like I was saying about cozy nooks Mm -hmm. and stuff, I personally find it very comforting. I think my kids personally find it very comforting to be hunkered down in in just a little cave-like. I love that. (laughs) Little cave-like place. I just, yeah, I just think, and and this is definitely our hygge Mm -hmm. showing, Mm -hmm. right? Because when I envision it in my head, it's always cold outside for some reason. (laughs) And there's lots of blankets in my imagination, my throw blankets. Um, (laughs) But there is something like you can shut out the world and it's not echoey um and it's just kind of dead end i i find that very very comforting so it is um going back to our initial point our thesis of the episode you know making it work for what you want and if you are someone who you know entertains a lot or your decor style requires higher ceilings or something like that then that will work for you and maybe you're claustrophobic at the idea of cave-like right. rooms right so it's just i'm so glad that there are so many different homes out yep. there and we can choose what what we want and what we want to do with it there is so much creativity isn't it i want to say there's a quote by gk chesterton mm. something to the effect of you know people always say there's freedom there's so much freedom outside mm. the home and that's why everyone wants to leave the home. But he's like, there's no more freedom than you find inside right. your home. And he's like, I if I want to eat lunch um, on my bedroom floor on a picnic <laughs> blanket wearing... Uh, now I'm right, paraphrasing I'm like- G.K. Chesterton. But you know, <laughs> I'm like waiting patiently yeah, words for the rest mouth. of this quote. I'm like, he really said all this. Okay. <laughs> Tell me what no, was Chesterton wearing you know while picnicking on his floor? <laughs> oh my goodness. Wow. Okay. It spiraled um, out of control. I love I it. No, I totally I don't you, want to. I know what um, you're saying. Yeah. I, now I don't want to meet him in heaven one day because I'm going to be totally embarrassed. <laughs> be like, tisk, tisk. He's just going to look yeah. at me. I know. 
<laughs> you say you were mm-hmm. a fan. Um, but yes, I digress. That was my point is that you we have so much freedom to be creative at home. And we get pigeonholed in our own thoughts of what things That's should right. be like, as opposed to sitting there in kind of like an awe, like consideration yeah. of what could this That's be right. like? I can do what ever I want in here. Um, we did the, when we moved in, one of the huge selling points for me was uh, there's a little den off mm-hmm. the kitchen and I looked at it and it was kind of open, but it still had door frames. And I thought immediately room size mm-hmm. playpen. That is awesome. <laughs> they had it, <laughs> I know, they had it set up like a, a den, like a library. Yeah. They had books on the, I mean, it was, it was beautiful. There's a fireplace, there's built-in shelves on the wall. They had arm, like wingback chairs um, and it was gorgeous, but I saw it and I was like, I know this is a den and that's what it was designed for. But you know what? I bet you if I move some things around and put this up here and um, laid out some carpet over there, like this would make a really comfortable, safe place for the kids to play. And that's what it is for now. And it will change and later. That's, and, and that's, that's what great. I love about home making, right? Literally the making of a home. Mm-hmm. Because you saw what they did. You appreciated what they did. You made it work for you. And I'm sure you sit there and you dream about the future of you and Phil, you know, when the kids are growing up, reclaiming oh, yes. that space mm-hmm. for cocktails or fika. And um, so mm-hmm. this is what I want, you know, to really encourage our listeners that like to look at your space and claim that power you have as the homemaker. And like we always say, whether you work outside the home or not, if you have a home, whether you're renting it or you own it, you are a homemaker. You get to decide the feeling of that home. And so this episode is talking more about like the actual building of the space, the physicality of it. Um, But what we want to encourage you to do is really sit there and think, we don't have to move maybe, you know, cause I, I, I love moving and love mm-hmm. looking at houses. And I know with, you know, um, realtor apps everywhere oh, and yes. houses everywhere, right? Oh we all dream gosh. about moving. Yes. I check them yes. often. In yeah. fact, my, what I'm loving this week will kind of lead, maybe I shouldn't actually be loving this this week, but Ooh. what I want to say is look at your own space, right? <laughs> and be content mm-hmm. with it and think, okay, what changes can we make here? And, and being content with it doesn't mean that you're not going to make some changes, right? But thinking about, okay, I don't want to move. I want to settle my family here. I want to feel settled. This is a beautiful home for this reason, this reason, this reason. What can we do? And if we can't Mm -hmm. do it all right now, what can we do over the next five years, 10 years to make this our dream home? And you know what? Another one more consideration to have in on all of this talk about the planning and the designing and the consideration of flow for your house and all these things is the end game Mm -hmm. of it, right? So when I sit there, especially now that school's back in session and my kids are away now at school for the day, and when they come home, like when everyone comes home at the end of the day and I've changed Mm. something or I've added something or I've rearranged something that I think as the homemaker that's really going to benefit everybody and I see them using it and I see that it is this safe space, this warm space, this Mm -hmm. haven for my family, it gives me such joy. Like I feel such a swell of 
happiness and pride and closeness to them. And it really does translate this house into a home idea and mentality. And it can happen as often as we need it to, as often as we choose for it to happen. And it's ongoing and it's creative. And I'm surprised by how powerful it is every time it happens. Okay, it's time for our What We're Loving This Week segment of the show. So, Lindsay, what have you been loving this week? Well, like I alluded to during the episode, now I feel super guilty (laughs) saying that this is what I've been loving (laughs) because it was all about telling people to just love the houses that they're in. But my little escape during this renovation has been watching Escape to the Country. So a lot of um, people will know this show. It's out of England. It's been on for a million years and you can find most of the episodes on YouTube. Actually escape to the country has their own YouTube channel where they'll upload their own shows. So they're in HD quality and it's, it's England. And it's like couples who live in the city there who want to literally escape to the country. And so they are shown three properties plus a mystery house, which they say, you know, with their British Mm. accents, it's the mystery house. I can't do it. And it's just (laughs) seeing the houses and just seeing the countryside. It is just the most relaxing hour of television possible. So while I'd be laying in the, in a pile of sawdust (laughs) with (laughs) holes in my floor that if it's somebody felt like stepped into, they'd fall into our basement and I would just block that out and I'd look at the Norwich countryside there and just yeah (laughs) so escape to the country yes you are literally escaping to the countryside I love that and Michelle what are you loving this week so lately I have been loving getting back into old movies Mm -hmm. so this is something you and I can both relate to and um, I've been trying to introduce Phil to some of my favorites (laughs) and so recently we rewatched, and I've recommended it to you Lindsay Mm -hmm. um, The Manchurian Candidate Mm -hmm. uh, but the old one not the Denzel Washington one Mm -hmm. um, from 2004 don't get them confused it doesn't even hold a torch in my opinion Uh, This version of The Manchurian Candidate was uh, produced in 1962, and it's black and white, uh, and it stars Lawrence Harvey, Frank Sinatra, Janet Leigh, and Angela Lansbury. (laughs) So we've referenced everything now. We've from covered, last season well, we haven't right? talked about murder so but I, oh but now you did so. right now it's all done check so if you've never listened to this show before you can just listen to this episode and you have a pretty good idea of what, uh-huh. what we're about here so yes angela's in this one too um <laughs> so why i like it it it's a good plot i love old movies because and this is speaking as someone who has experience in the broadcast industry making and producing video and audio content uh it was so much harder mm-hmm. back then it when nothing was digital and so to produce a movie like a full length feature um you needed to have a good plot and you needed to have good actors to carry it because you didn't have special effects and often you'll see the camera stuck on a static shot just a two shot and while one of the actors are delivering a monologue and i was struck during the manchurian candidate during one of these monologues that lawrence harvey delivers and i was like i have so much emotion like i feel so much for this character and nothing is happening on screen. He's just sitting there talking. That's incredible. (laughs) 
and that doesn't happen much anymore in film. So um, that's what I've been loving this week is uh, back into classic film and in particular the Manchurian Candidate it would be great for your fall viewing because it's a bit suspenseful a bit of a thriller and uh, ultimately a, a great story okay that's going to do it for us this week and if you want to get in touch and chat with us about our topic today you can find us on our website www.themodernlady1950.wordpress.com or leave us a comment on facebook or instagram at the modern lady podcast i'm michelle Sachs, and you can find me on instagram at mm Sachs. and i'm lindsay murray and you can find me on instagram at lindsay homemaker Thank you so much for listening. Have a great week and we will see you next time. Mm-hmm.